It's time for the Phenology Show. Phenology is the rhythmic biological nature of events as they relate to climate. And it has been, uh, obviously, you all are aware, it's been a wild, wild winter of of unpredictable weather and warm, uh, unseasonably warm. Joel Rosen had uh, some uh, delineations of how warm it has been on the Season Watch page at kaxe.org. You might wish to check that out. That's on Facebook. Uh, Just to let you know, uh, the kids down in Northfield are seeing the red elderberry buds breaking open. Uh, I had some buds that broke open up here probably around the 8th of February when we finished a week of really warm weather and then we got that week of cooler weather, and uh, they froze. And uh, there is some concern that this might be deleterious to the tree, and it does have some effect on the tree, but not much, because the trees over the years have learned to not give it all in one fell swoop. They sort of hold back a little bit. They were going to hold hold back. We'll we'll try a couple of buds and we'll see how that goes, and then we'll try a few more buds and we'll see how that goes, and then uh, and then if it stays warm, they'll just go ahead and bud out. But if it gets cold, those buds that they've already opened will freeze. But the tree has in reserve a whole another set of buds that they will break open when things warm up again. So I think for the most part, it's a moderate setback. If it happened, uh, you know, if you had uh, the warm weather, trees break bud, cold weather, buds freeze, uh, warm weather, trees break bud, cold weather, buds freeze. If you had a, a repetition like that of maybe two or three waves, it could exhaust the tree. The tree would s- probably still survive as long as the summer was, uh, you know, not real dry. Uh, it would probably leave the tree with enough energy to carry on. But uh, a couple of years of treatment like that, and, you know, it could be uh, bad for the tree. But for most part, you know, the fact that it throws out a few buds and they get burned, that's something they can get past pretty easily. Looking at trees, and I have been uh, looking at trees, both to see if there are some improvements, uh, some changes, uh, the there is a, a particular birch that grows right down by the lakeshore where I live. And that little birch has uh, some green appearing on its buds that wasn't there two weeks ago. So this is not bud break on the birches, not by any means. That's not going to happen in February. It might happen at the a month from now at the end of March. But as the buds sort of warm up and get ready to become active... They swell a little bit, and some of that swelling can reveal some green tissues, uh, photosynthetic, uh, you know, tissues. And those tissues are now visible on that uh, that birch tree along the shoreline there. Uh, And whether or not, you know, those will, that'll be the first one to leaf out among the birches, I don't know, but I will be watching it and definitely checking on it so you can count on uh, getting some answers there. Uh, among the other notes that I have for trees, I I went down to um, 
to the cities to celebrate my grandson's second birthday. And he and I and his parents went for a walk in the neighborhood where they live. And most of the houses that they are living around, theirs was built in the 20s. But a lot of the houses in that neighborhood were built as early as 1900. And while we were walking around, my eyes kept gravitating to these giant trees. There was a white oak that was an absolutely perfect specimen, grown in the open in somebody's backyard. It was this, it had a huge crown. It had these monster limbs going out every direction. I told my son-in-law, I said, you could climb to the top of that tree. You could get within five feet of the end of those branches at the top of that tree and still be safe. They're that thick. That thing was just absolutely gorgeous. It had to be 100 or 125 years old. It might have been older than that. The trunk on it was immense. And the structure, the architecture was just absolutely stunning. And it wasn't the only one. There were birches that were just as big, just as old. There was a maple. I couldn't tell if it was a silver maple or a red maple while looking across somebody's yard, not walking into their yard to look at the tree up close. But a monster tree. It just had this giant, probably five-foot thick trunk. And, and these were just a couple of the ones that I noticed, the ones that caught my eye. Everywhere I turned, I was seeing these unbelievably beautiful trees that now are, you know, 100 to 150 years old, and they are absolutely stunning and just well-formed because they're growing in the open in people's yards, and they've been tended and loved and and climbed in and just everything that a tree could want. It uh, It was lovely, and I had a... The, one of the very best hikes that I've had in a long, long time, just looking at those beautiful trees, even though they weren't, you know, particularly uh, ornate at this time of year because of their uh, leafless state. Among the other things that I've been looking at, uh, I have been watching the birds especially and uh, Last week, we got a note from some folks over in the Bemidji area who said there was a flock of, an estimated flock of five to maybe 8,000 waxwings in Bemidji. And here in Grand Rapids, I have seen twice in the last week a huge flock, well, huge by my standards, 75 to 100 cedar waxwings sort of marauding around the town. These are... Small, kind of stout birds. They're going to look a lot like a starling. They're sort of short wing, short tail, uh, but sort of a fat little bird in the middle of all of that tail and wing. Uh, but these guys uh, hang out in these huge flocks, and one of the peculiar habits that they exhibit is that when they come into land, they're like uh, airplanes landing at an airport. Uh, they turn and land flying into the wind, and they'll, they'll settle into a tree, you know, 50 or 75 of them will settle into a tree. And usually there'll be a, a feed tree, an apple tree nearby, a tree with some of those decorative crab apples on it. And they'll swing down there and feed in groups and they'll feed for a while and then retreat. And another group will fly in. It seems like there's always this exchange of birds coming in and heading back out. So there's a uh, there's a lot of things going on. Keep an eye out for the wax wings. And if you get up close, take some time and look because they are absolutely stunning. They have little gobs of 
of uh, exudate on the tips of their tail feathers and on the tips of their wing feathers. And it is quite stunning. And then their their feathers themselves are beautiful and kind of sleek and really they're stunning birds. So get a good look. And speaking of stunning birds, uh, a lot of you have had crossbills at your feeders. And that is really unusual. Uh, our good friend Sue Hutchins, uh, Harry's wife, uh, sent a note uh, that said that uh, there were crossbills at her feeder and that this was the first time that she had ever observed that. Now, Sue has been watching bird feeders and birds for many, many, many years. And for her to say that this is the first time she's observed something like that really makes it kind of special. So keep an eye out. The red crossbills and the white-winged crossbills, the males are in both species are red. The females are kind of gray with uh, little patches of yellow on them. But the uh, distinctive thing is look at their beaks, and they are crossed. Take your two index fingers and kind of slide them past one another, and that's sort of what the, what the beak on a crossbill looks like, which makes it really hard to pick up gravel off the road, but really easy to split out a cone and get the seed that's inside. So I don't know why they're visiting the feeders unless the seed crop is down or maybe they've just discovered it's an easier source of ample food uh, and they're, they're just uh, taking advantage of it. So at any rate... Keep an eye out for crossbills maybe visiting your feeder. Uh, Last week on Tuesday when I was coming back from Cohasset coming towards Grand Rapids, the Mississippi River was just freckled with trumpeter swans. Everywhere I looked there were trumpeter swans on the water. They are coming back. A friend of mine told me that there was a pair sitting on the ice on Hennessy Lake. They will return to the lake that they're going to nest on or have nested on in the past, and they will sit out on the ice and just hang out there. And, you know, it's a pretty safe place to be, really, because there's no predator that's going to get across that expanse of ice that they're not going to see coming. So keep an eye out for trumpeter swans. 65,000 is the estimate of number in the in the state right now. And the first ones were brought here 40 years ago in 1983 by uh, Carol Henderson. And that's when we began to see trumpeter swans in northern Minnesota. The, uh, the gray-crowned rosy finch that was up at uh, Bowen's Lodge is still there. I talked to Jens this week, and uh, he said uh, Rosie is still hanging out there and coming in the mornings and getting a little food and then... Uh, taking off and spending the day doing whatever it is gray-crowned rosy finches do when they're out of territory, and then uh, heading back to the feeder again during the day. So lots of things to check out, and the gray-crowned rosy finch is one of them. There's also uh, some pictures on Season Watch of varied thrushes, and uh, every year we have some varied thrushes here in the in the area. They come in from the west, just like the gray-crowned rosy finch did, and uh, they spend part of the winter. Uh, I have not been able to find any records of great of uh, varied thrushes spending the summer in Minnesota. They typically are here until April sometimes, and then uh, they will sort of mount up and head back west, apparently, or go somewhere else. They aren't here, that's for sure. Nobody that I know of has reported seeing one. 
Dallas Hudson told me last night that he heard the northern saw wet owl. There was a couple of comments on Facebook about people hearing the northern saw wet owl. And uh, this is sort of what you are going to hear. They are coming back to this area. They migrate. And this is the time of year they return. Kind of makes you think of uh, one of those truck alarms, and that's exactly what you'll think of, except it'll be up in a in a nice pine tree near your house, and you'll be like, what the heck is the truck doing up there? But it's actually the northern saw-wet owl, and uh, Dallas heard one over in Akeley. Uh, my friend Greg Stevens heard one over in Bovee a couple weeks ago, so... Uh, they're gradually moving back into the area. Some of them may not have left. I mean, it wasn't that tough a winter, and they may have spent the winter here. But right now, they're starting to call, and uh, I may hope to attract a mate and maybe find uh, maybe find some territory that they can defend. So uh, keep listening. You may hear a northern saw-wet owl in your neighborhood pretty soon. Uh, speckled alders are dropping seeds. If you're walking around, I... I did a lot of hiking over the last couple of days, and uh, there is little snow out there. What snow there is, now I was down in the cities and there's snow everywhere, but around here, it seemed like the only place I found snow on my property were areas where there was where it was open, that is no, no overstory of trees, not even maples or birches, but no overstory of trees uh, and shaded. So there's a swamp crossing on one of my trails where it's open uh, and there is uh, doesn't get a lot of sunlight because the forest is kind of intense around it. But uh, this little opening has oh, two or three inches of really hard, crusty snow on it. But there's no snow in the woods. There At my house, there is no snow in the woods at all. It was either intercepted on its way to the ground or the heat from the trees and all of that has just melted it away. It's pretty dry out there if you want to get out and walk around. It's pretty easy to do. Coming back from the cities yesterday, the willows were the big show. And if you are out driving around this morning, you probably are seeing bright red, which might be red osier dogwood, or in some cases it might be willows, uh, especially these really young ones. And some of the really young red willows have bright green at the bottom. There's burgundy, there's coral, there's the willow trees like the the crack willow, the black willow, and the peach-leaved willow. They all have bright yellow branches. The weeping willow has bright yellow branches. If you're driving along this morning and you see something that has some color, red or yellow, chances are it's a willow. Uh you know, if it's bright red right to the ground, it could be red osier dogwood as well. But uh, the 99% of the things that I saw yesterday coming back from the cities that were really colorful were willows. So this is definitely the time of year for that. And I had a common red pole show up at my uh, feeder, and, uh, not alone. There was a flock of them, and they uh, they showed up at my feeder yesterday and started feeding like they'd been there all winter. I I can't say where they came from or where they're going to, but uh, I'm glad to see them around, just even if it's only here right at the end of our winter. There were lots of road-killed, not lots, but there were several road-killed raccoons on the highways yesterday, so the raccoons are definitely waking up and starting to move around. This has been a pretty easy winter for them. 
reports from many of my listeners of skunks in the area around their houses that are getting out and getting active. And while I was coming back yesterday, a little flock of snow buntings flushed up along the edge of the road and flew alongside me for a bit. Uh, these are the first I've seen since the 5th of December. So they're probably on their migration back north, if I'm not mistaken. This would be certainly a good time of year for them to start that kind of a activity. So... That's our phenology show for this week. As always, if you have comments, questions, or observations to share, we'd love to hear from you. Each week, you can get links to phenology and find out a lot more, including those student reports, when you sign up for the Season Watch newsletter. It's available now at kaxe.org.